podience. We are back for another podcast. My name is Brent, and I'm the pastor of New Beginnings of Stafford, Virginia. And as I always start with some crazy thought on the top of my head, here we go. If sandwiches are two pieces of bread and some meat in the middle, why are hot dogs not considered sandwiches? Well, here's my question. Did you eat a lot of paint chips as a child? Red paint. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I am Dusty Carson, the pastor of Braveheart Community Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. On today's podcast, we are actually going to be concluding our conversation on sacred cows, and we're titling this Leftover Sacred Cows. We're going to be sizzling some legalism. Hope you're ready for another delicious episode. Ow! That's hot! Two pastors in a podcast. Well, here we go again, another episode. Uh, I would have to say again, I'm enjoying doing this. It's been a blessing to me and a lot of people are really enjoying this. And uh, though I lost about 800 friends from the last episode, I'm just kidding. I really don't care. I'm just being funny. Uh, I just, you know, listen, these are some cows that really need to be cooked and taken out of the church. But before we get into the episode, we got to get ourselves warmed up. So let me, even though we're already kind of warmed up because we're doing this on the same day, but, uh, you know, we'd like to do this all the same way. It's good to see you again, buddy. It's good to see. It's been, what, um, five minutes? Yes. Uh, I went to the restroom and came back. You know, that was pretty much it, right? Dare to dream. (laughs) My friend, you're living the life. (laughs) So let me ask you a couple questions. What was your favorite part of the last episode? Well, two things. Uh, I found out where natural vanilla flavoring comes (laughs) from, which I will never, ever look at vanilla cake the same again. (laughs) I don't think that's natural flavor, though. No, I think they use the extract. Yeah, they use it. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, the other one would be your the cat named Adam, yeah. who uh, fell when it was born and landed on the floor. Or something hurt himself, or it was yeah. deformed, or the drooling cat. But it had a great personality. Yes, it was the sweetest cat ever. Uh, all the other cats I know right now are just mean jerks. <laughs> they are. I don't like cats. They are jerks. Well, you know, I, I was actually going to mention the, uh, you know, knowing where vanilla flavoring comes from is my favorite part of the last episode. But, oh well. Oh well. You said it. So, there you go. Yeah. Well, also think about the blue-footed booby, <laughs> which is my, I always joke and say it's my son's spiritual animal. And if you ever Google it, it, it reminds me of you, doesn't it? I mean, they, yeah. they kind of they walk the same. They kind of act the same. I have never seen one of those before I, until I Googled it. I'd never heard of one until my son did a report on one. And he's like, I've got to pick an animal, dude. I'm like, let me find the goofiest looking animal I can find. I'm like, what about this thing? It's like a penguin with blue feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, so I got a couple questions here. First of all, what is the best Wi-Fi name you've ever seen? Best Wi-Fi? Well, I always joke with my mom. She, uh, she's she got Wi-Fi, but like her neighbor has one called Meemaw. <laughs> and so I'm always, whenever I go to her, I'm like, oh, which one? Oh, you're Meemaw. And my, my mom doesn't want to be like an old grandma. Like she looks good for her age. I mean, she don't look her age. And so I'm like, oh, got to get on Meemaw's Wi-Fi. I'm, I'm not Meemaw. And I, I don't know if she sounds like that. She does in my head. And so uh, that's a funny one. That's a funny one. I, my favorite was, and I actually did it after I had seen it. I decided to do it in one of the neighborhoods oh. that I was in. And that was FBI surveillance van number two. <laughs> not number one. How rough of an area are they living in? <laughs> 
the mob has infiltrated Elm Street. We need two vans. <laughs> well, we whenever you get one, like they set you up, they always give you the goofiest one. Yeah, yeah. Like ours was something crazy, like Dizzy Pineapple or something. <laughs> when it's like, how would I remember Dizzy Pineapple? Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, one other question. What is the funniest joke that you know by heart? Let, let me rephrase that. What is the funniest clean joke that you know by heart? Mine's not really. I don't know. I know a couple. I, I, I can tell you one when we get off that's pretty funny. My grandpa used to say. I've got two of them about my grandfather, but I can't share the one here. I don't I don't know. I don't. Uh, that's the funniest offhand. Okay. You think about it, and I'll tell you mine. How about that? All right. Am All I right. Gonna, is it a dad joke? One of them, one of them the teenagers love. They love this joke. <laughs> they will laugh at this joke and make fun of this joke all the time. And all I right. think it's the dumbest joke ever. And the other one, the other one, well, yeah, you're going to. Okay. All right. So here's my joke. Okay. All if right. you're Russian when you go into the bathroom and American when you come out of the bathroom, what are you while you're in the bathroom? Um, Alex, I'm going to go with your European. Yes, that is correct. Actually, here's the other one. So there's two muffins sitting <laughs> in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> You're already laughing at how you started. I just picture some muffins. I don't know why. I'm hungry. So there's two muffins sitting in the oven. The one muffin goes, Whew, it's hot in here. The other muffin goes, ah, talking muffin. <laughs> Which one's the one that your kids laugh at? That one. Gosh. Oh, goodness. I do have a joke. I don't know if we're going to edit this or not. It's the headache joke. Can I share that? I've never heard it. So All right, I can't so, really answer until I hear so it. So God made Adam, and he said, I'm going to introduce you to Eve. He said, go over there and hold her hand. He said, God, I don't know about that. He said, just trust me. Go hold her hand. He goes there. He holds her hand, comes back to God, and God said, what do you think about that? Man, I like that, God. He said, I want you to go over there and give her a kiss. A kiss? Come on now, God. Move a little fast. Just trust me. I'm God. Go give her a kiss. Goes there, gives Eve a kiss, comes back. I said, what do you think? He said, I like that a lot. And he says, I want you to go be fruitful and multiply. Oh, God, I don't know about that. So he goes over there, comes back, and God said, well, how is, fruit, how is it being fruitful and multiplying? I don't know what that is, but what's a headache? <laughs> it's okay. I, it's okay. I don't, I, we, don't have to, we don't have to edit that one out. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, gosh, gosh. All right. Well, last question. It, what do you think, and, and this leads right into what we're talking about, you know how, you know, you and I, we've had lots of conversations. We had this long conversation, which we will probably put out here soon, um, kind of as an extra treat for those listeners. Uh, but we had this long conversation of nostalgic things, you know, mm -hmm. things that we loved. What do you think is something that everyone will look back in 40 years and be nostalgic for? Freedom. Uh, something that people will be nostalgic for. Oh, that's a hard question. That is. is like I'm a I am such a child of the 80s. I was born in the early part of the 80s, but I love the 80s. So that's the things I look back and I'm like, oh, simple times. I think it's going to be cell phones. I think in the future we're not we're no longer read minds. We're no longer going to have a physical cell phone. It's going to be something like you know 3D something 3D or 3D watch. That's it, so creepy. Well, that's that's just me. That's like you know, from Total Recall. Have you never noticed that like you know Star Trek was the first one to have lot laptops. Oh, really? Yeah. And then we had laptops. Yeah. And then, you know, video calls was the first thing in, you Star, remember, in Star Trek. Well, do you remember video calls? And space balls. But we don't talk about <laughs> Jabba the Jabba. Pizza, pizza the Hut. Yeah, Pizza the Hut. 
No, but I remember, I'm a mog. <laughs> I'm part, part man, part dog. Mog. I'm my own best friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss John Candy. Oh, what's the best John Candy movie? Oh man, I you know I I like all John Candy movies. There's only one that I didn't like. What's that? Um, and if you say it, planes, trains, omnibus, no, 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 that was okay. a good one. No, no. <laughs> He's like, where do you have your hand? He's like, between two pillows. Those aren't pillows. <laughs> uh, you're going to laugh at what my favorite one is. You really are. Okay. There is one that I did not like. And he, he was just, he was kind of, if you say uncle buck, I'm going to judo chop in your throat. Are you really? Is it uncle I buck? I loved uncle buck. Oh, okay. No, no. I said, if you didn't like, uncle no, buck. no, 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 no. That was not the one that I didn't oh, like. Okay. I can't even, actually can't even think of the name of the one that I didn't like that he was in, uh, but uh, he played a police officer in this town. What? Oh, Canadian bacon. No, 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 no. It wasn't that one. It wasn't that one. Uh, he played. He, he played. <laughs> he played a police officer in this town, and he also played his sister. Uh, of this police officer oh, in the movie. You're, you're talking with the one with, oh, it had, it's it had, really weird. It had yeah, Dan string Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd. Like, yeah. It had, uh, Chevy Chase Chef was Gold. in it. Love yeah. Chevy Chase. Yeah. It's, I just, it was okay, but there were some weird, things in there that I was like, okay, that's just, that, uh, why in the world are you even doing that? But my favorite is Uncle Buck. Okay. I, I love Uncle Buck. The, my favorite scene in Uncle Buck is when he is driving to pick up the kids in his car. <laughs> You know, my dad did that to me years ago. Oh, did he really? He had a, uh, you're going to love this. He had a rabbit. Uh, a pet rabbit? No, that was the name of the car. Oh, no, oh. A rabbit. It was just a little yellow, mustard yellow rabbit. Ugh. And, you know, he could have came and picked me up in the other vehicle that we owned. But no, he comes to pick me up at a dance at the high, at the junior high you, uh, in a yellow him? rabbit. Now, wait, no, wait, wait. It gets better. Okay. okay. All right. Now, he had this vehicle for so long that he had to rig it to start it. Oh. He had to put a switch that he flipped, and then he could turn the key and start the ignition. If he flipped the switch off before he turned off the ignition, it would backfire. Oh. So he pulls into the, the yep. um, you know, the dance. There were all, all my friends and my girlfriend at the time standing right out there. What's her name? Do you remember her name? No, I have no clue. <laughs> So he, he comes up and he pulls up and I see him coming in this mustard yellow car. And I'm like, mm. oh gosh, I'm already starting to get embarrassed. And I was like, no, he doesn't. No, he's not. Yep. No, he's not. He pulls in. He didn't have to turn off the ignition. I was standing right there. Where's the fun in that? Though? He flips the switch. Bow, 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 bow. Everybody's looking at this mustard yellow rabbit backfiring oh. in the parking lot. He rolls down the window with a big smirk on his face. And I go, meet me at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember my first dance. Believe it or not, they used to hold a dance at the Methodist church. And so I'll never forget the first dance. Now, when I say dance, I try to dance. I really look like Donald Trump when I try to dance. Like, the dude is rich. Like, like you know, go buy some lessons. But I'll never forget. I, I mean, I can't dance. Like, I have no rhythm. Um, no, I don't either. What's the old song, Rhythm? Uh, me, the old song that guilty feet have no rhythm. And so I can't dance. And so, but the first song I'll never forget was Coolio's Gangster's Paradise. I was in seventh grade. Oh my goodness. I thought I was in, I know you're like, even in a gangster's paradise. I, I, Coolio did a little better. Um, I know you're like, wow. Cause you're like in college and already had a couple kids by that time. But what? And so I remember that. And I thought it was so cool. You know, I kind of sagged uh, my pants a little bit and 
I thought it was I thought it was it on the stick, uh, you know. But I was like seventh grade. Mine mine was the electric slide. That was the oh. big thing when I was a kid at oh. dances. They always wanted to do the electric slide. Electric boogaloo. Oh gosh, you're old. I'm not that old. Well, anyways, we're talking today about sacred cows, and we're you know moving on and doing some more sacred cows that have destroyed. I I'm telling you, they're destroying churches, mm. and if the government changes to a point of where we can't have church or we have to stand up for our rights as a church, I guarantee a lot of these churches are going to close their doors. Well, I mean, not even go to that extent. I think that they shoot themselves in the foot with rules. What happens is they are majoring on minor issues instead of majoring on major issues, which is the gospel. It's freedom. There's redemption. There's new birth. And so we focus on really a culture change And really, Jesus wasn't really about a culture change in the sense of what they're talking about. Um, The Pharisees would have all these rules, and really, it it felt like a cattle pen. You know, these rules that they would make, it was to keep the good people in and the bad people out. Mm -hmm. And so these rules are just man-made garbage. Um, And there's a thin line between biblical conviction and legalism. Mm -hmm. And the key word is biblical. Mm -hmm. That's right. I agree. And so we're going to be talking today about um, starting to start off the episode. We're going to be talking about today is one of the sacred cows is building decor. Mm. Go ahead, Dusty. You start us off. Well, first off, a building is not sacred or holy. Let's just throw that out there. I don't care how many crosses. Boom! You throw. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Listen. No, I, please don't drop the mic. Yeah, another one. So follow me on this one. A building is just a building. There's no difference between the building you live in and the, and the building you worship at. You know, your home is no different than the other church building. They're just buildings. The church and the scriptures are crystal clear. The church is you and I. It's not a building. That's right. Listen, the building will eventually crumble to the ground, give enough time, but the church will never stop. The gates of hell cannot stop the church. And this is why it drives me nuts is that some people are like, they put too much stock in a building, you know, well, the the gates of hell will never prevail. You know what? I drove across and there was a street that the church was shutting down. The church is not a building. It's the people. When Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail, he wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about you and I as believers. Listen, just because the Lord does a great work in the hearts of his people in a place that they're gathering does not make that place that they're gathering a sacred place. You know, God uses those place, those tools for transforming lives should never become an object of worship. I was in a church and I'm sorry, I was about to say something. I was in a church that was stuck in that area. They, that you couldn't move, you know, great Ethel's, uh, quilted uh, picture of Jesus and the Lord's Supper or whatever off of the wall (laughs) to paint. And you couldn't paint the walls because that's not what Joe Smo did years ago. That is wrong because, hey, if a fire starts, that place burns down to the ground. The church still stands. The building's gone. All those objects that were inside are gone. Those sacred cows are burnt to a crisp, but the church's still there. You know, I'm reminded of in the Old Testament, Saul, King Saul, and it took him quite a while, but he finally like built an altar to the Lord. But really, it was an altar to himself. When we really elevate the church so much, we're really downgrading God. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a focus. And I've known several churches that their focus was the building uh, instead of God. And I'm going to tell you something else that's going to probably upset some people. 
but there's nothing sacred about the pulpit either. I don't care. <laughs> the The pulpit's not sacred either. No. What's sacred is the words that we speak from that pulpit. And so, yeah, no, I, I think we can have the wrong perspective sometimes in life. Yeah, I, there are people that get upset if certain things are moved in in the church. And, you know, those are objects. Those are, you know, as we said here, decor. Those are things that shouldn't be offered as sacrifices. And I'm actually going to use a verse in this next section uh, on this, that we're going to bring up as another sacred cow. But that verse applies here too. And so when I bring it up in a minute, I'm going to mention that. So I want us to mention it here. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what the verse is all about. But basically what, the, what, he, what this gentleman did is he destroyed some of those sacred cows. And, uh, and I'll sh- share that verse with you in a minute. But but listen, we've got it. We got to stop this. When when objects become the our point of worship or the reason we worship or it helps us to worship, okay, you got a problem. You, you're you're making it too much about idols than you are about the Lord and what He has done for you. Um, you know, as believers, we should be more worried about souls than we are the aesthetics of a church building. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really neat church in our town, and it used to be, it, you know, when I first saw it, it was a Catholic church, and now a Baptist church is there, but originally it was a Harley-Davidson shop. You can tell by looking at it. I was really? like, that is awesome. Like, here's the deal. I, I think that uh, a church building can look like anything. I think it'd be neat to be in that Harley shop. You know, one of my pet peeves is I don't like when churches, and this is my pet peeve, looks like grandma's house or country club. Oh, yeah. You know, neither one really connect with the average person. Yeah. Just stop it. (laughs) Just stop. Man, this is, this is, this is, you say it's a pet peeve. Mm -hmm. This is something that really irritates me when I walk into a building. Years ago, I had a gentleman that I worked with at Walmart. Or I went to him and I go, look, I, I want you to go to church with me. He goes, okay, I'll go to church with you, but you need to go to church with me. I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, so I took him to church. You know, a kid was baptized that night. You know, he saw that he was really excited, really enjoyed that. And I was just basically trying to get him to see something outside of his denomination. I'm, I'm scared to see what his was doing. Were they sacrificing chickens in the backyard? <laughs> no, no, no. They were swinging snakes. No, I'm just oh. kidding. No, no. So, so he, he, said, okay, all right, the next Sunday we'll go to mine. So we went to this huge cathedral in Towson. And when you walk into that building, the first thing you know is, well, it's beautiful. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous building Mm -hmm. on the inside and out. But all around the walls were all these different statues of people. Hmm. Uh, they had the statues of uh, you know Paul and Peter and I've read of them. John and Mark and the, and and then they had at those statues where you could kneel and pray to those saints. Oh, okay. And then in the very back, right, it, the first thing you would see as you're sitting down, as you're sitting in the pew, and you're looking forward, you could see a, a big, huge statue of Mary, and then behind Mary was Jesus. Mm. On the cross still, of course. And, you know, to me, all those things that are in that, they're, they've just now made those idols mm-hmm. because they're, they're sacred cows. You bow down, you worship them. Mary's more important than Jesus. I don't think so. No. Jesus is number one. God is number one. But you know what? And, you, and, and I know what people are thinking as they're listening to this. They're thinking, well, that's not what we're doing in our churches. Yeah, we are. Yes, you are. Because the pulpit, I have walked in churches and every single item in the church has a dedication plate. <laughs> And then, look, people are going to get mad at this, but I don't care. We had to build a fence at the last churches that 
Okay. Mm-hmm. We were asking for donations. We're just asking, you know, can people donate for a section of fence? I know this is going. Nobody donated until, until we said, we'll put a plaque on it. Then they donated. Mm. Now there weren't, listen, there were some people that did donate and said, I don't want a plaque on it. Just say it's from unknown, you know, or say it it was, you know, whatever. I don't want my name on it, but there were people that would not donate it until their name was on it. You know what you just did? You just created an idol worship because you are worshiping yourself, not the God that, that, uh, created, created created that stupid fence, not the God of creation, uh, the God of the world. You're now worshiping yourself. No, you know, it's me, 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 me. No. And I, I think of sometimes, you know, we're so focused on a building that, you know, we want to invest all this money in a building. There's time and place for that. But think of all the money that we could use to other causes to impact lives for Christ. Um, I, I think a lot of times, which really bothers me, is I feel like people have feminized Christianity. And there's a lot of times you go into a church and it feels like Meemaw's house. Uh, there's quilts, there's all this stuff, there's pillows. And the the problem with that is I feel like a lot of men don't want to go to a church building because now I get it with the church, but we do worship together is that it has been feminized. You know, they, when we people think of David, they think, oh, he's playing a harp. I think of David cutting off Goliath's head. And I'm telling you, it didn't come off with one whack. He had to saw that sucker off. Mm. And so that bothers me when we feminize the the church. Um, I think Christianity is masculine. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I, I agree. I agree 100%. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, the, the fact is, is that those, there's nothing wrong with those items. Mm-hmm. It's what we use with those items. Mm-hmm. If we get to the point where we can't move them or they have to be out or they can't be taken away and put into a shed somewhere or storage somewhere, you've now made that a sacred cow. You now made that an idol that mm-hmm. you worship. And, and I said something at the last church I was at, and I don't really care anymore. I said, look, you know, I want to, I want to freshen up the foyer. I want people to walk in. I want them to feel at home. And there was one item that was on the wall. And it's not like I was saying I was going to take that item out and burn it. Mm -hmm. That's not what I said. They took it that way, but I'm sure they did. I said, I'm just going to move it from this location, just five feet away down the steps. So you'll still see it. Mm -hmm. So when you walk down the steps, you'll still see this item. And I got letters, I got nasty emails, I got nasty conversations behind my back. But one little card said this, don't move that item because that causes me to worship. Oh, oh, not a risen savior. Nope. But they don't see it, that it's wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, this is, it's me, 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 Christianity. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. And so I, I think there's so many things that become stumbling blocks to people. And what happens is we wonder why our culture thinks that Christianity is retro. Why do we think Christianity is outdated? Well, a lot of times we go to these buildings and they are outdated. Yeah. And everything's dedicated. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, the last church I was in, everything had a dedication plate. And Jen and I went down to Tennessee. And, Sounds like uh, a country song. <laughs> down to Tennessee. Okay, that is actual country song. Oh, is it really? So we went down to Tennessee, and we went. Uh, we I can't remember where we were. It was in Nashville, outside of Nashville, somewhere. But there was this um, 
area where you could go is a historical area. We like historical things. And we went down there and we're, we're walking around and everything in that place has a dedication plate. You know, there's the, the, the rocking chairs out front or have a dedication. Plate. They've been dedicated and, by Cracker Barrel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably we were in the South and you know, it's, it has all these things that are dedicated. I mean, even down to like the, the pins and all this other stuff. And they have dedication plates all over the place, dedicated by this family, dedicated by this person. And, you know, that's a museum. The church is not a museum, as I said before. It's supposed to be a hospital. And when we are so overwhelmed by everything being dedicated, and I'm serious. I walked into this church building for the first time, and I noticed even the cross that was up on the wall had a dedication plate on it. Should say Jesus on it. Yeah. I, well, it's all about ourselves, and I'm not part of the gospel story. Um, I didn't down the cross. I didn't do anything. And so I think people, they want tangible things that can point to their faith. Mm. Like we don't, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so people want a tangible evidence of their faith. Look what I did. Look what I donated. Look what I did. I, I think of George Foreman. One time he was praying. He was talking to God. And said, God, look what I've done. I've given this. I've given to this charity. I've given money to this church. And he said, he felt like the spirit of God say, said to him, I don't want your stuff. I want you. Mm -hmm. God isn't impressed by what we put in the offering plate. God is more concerned about my soul, my heart condition, how I live for him, not what I can give to a church. Now, how I can contain control by how a church is going to look. Um, and what happens is we turn them into museums, but not just museums, but museums of look what my family has done. I'm going to tell you right now, people don't care what your family's given. Mm -hmm. That's not going to change their life. What's yeah. going to change their life is the gospel of Jesus. Give to gospel causes, not for I need a little plaque by a pew. Everything should be done in light of eternity, not on light of you know, present day circumstances. So it, there's nothing wrong with donating things to the church, but don't no. let it be about praising you. No. Don't let it be about praising your family. And that, that, like I said before, that scares me about new beginnings. I, you know, there, I don't want it ever to get to the point where I don't think it's going to be the people that are in the church right now, but I think it's no. going to be their future generations. Well, my, my great grandma, so-and-so and great grandpa, so-and-so were the ones that created this church and blah, blah, blah. Shut up, sit down, and get out of the church, okay? <laughs> I love the portrait they have of you, though. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I, I love Rick there, Warren. There's a portrait of me at Brush Arbor Baptist Is church. it really? Yes, there is. They have all the previous pastors there, and they're like, Aww. we got to get a picture of you. And I'm like, oh, gosh. I, I never liked those in, those in churches because I'm like, man, I'm sure I've had a lot of pastors. I was a suit and tie, too. There you go. There you go. Um, but I think about Rick Warren. I like Purpose Driven Life. And the first sentence is, is it's not about you. And I remember the first time I read that, I was like, wow. You know, hard to swallow, but needed it. The gospel is not about me. No, it's about a risen Savior. Mm -hmm. Well, you want to get into the second? We close this segment out and uh, take a little break, and then we'll finish with the conclusion of a sacred cow that I think is a very true sacred cow in a lot of churches and causing a lot of issues. So we will close this out there for this segment then. All right. We'll be back after our new sponsor. <laughs> Thank you, Petto Bismol. When you're on the run, but you can't afford to get the runs, grab some Petto. 
Okay. Well, let's finish out this uh, section on sacred cows. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about the, the last sacred cow that we, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of sacred. We're not even touching the surface, <laughs> honestly, but this is a good one to talk about. All right. What about this, Brent? This is going to connect more with you than really myself, but it's something I've seen a little bit of is uh, one of the sacred cows is living in the old days, the glory oh, days. My goodness. Yes, 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 yes. I, I was, it was a huge problem big time in the denomination I was in. There, there are churches in, in this denomination and in many denominations that have the issue with this sacred cow. And that's the sacred cow of nostalgia. They feel like, you know, well, this is not way we've always done it. You ever heard that statement before? Uh, a little bit. Uh, I think I've heard it at least 5 million times. Well, what I've learned is those who change the world they get creative. Well, the churches that make an impact in their community and their state and their world are those who don't go with the norm. They think outside the box. They get creative ways to reach people for Jesus. Because if we're not careful, we just go through the motions of doing it the way we've always done it. And that's been my pet peeve is when people come to Braveheart, I don't want them to know what's going to happen before it happens. Okay. Two songs, a welcome, a message, an invitation, the offering, a closing prayer, and we go through the same thing. I try my best to change up a little bit because it has the excitement of, okay, God, what are you going to do this time? Yeah, you should never get to the point where you're like uh, bored. Yeah. Not really bored, but you, know, you you expect the same things. I think it's a sin to make the gospel boring. I agree. You know, and, and God's, God is a God of order, and I understand that, and I get that. And we're not going to be crazy like having a clown come in and uh, do animal balloons for uh, the main service. And that might actually be interesting. No, I think you can make a balloons of two, pi- two pastors in a podcast. Two pastors in a podcast. <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the things that you put down here, and I want to want to mention this and kind of lean into this, is, and you said it, the, the sure sign. You go ahead and say it. The sure sign of well, the, the sure sign of a dead church is one that talks about the old days, how we used to do it, and they have no vision. The Bible says without a vision that people perish. There's a church. Now, this one is actually the opposite of what we're talking about. Okay. For, and, and a shocker, the pastor friend that I knew, he did a great job of moving this this one out of this mentality. Mm-hmm. There was a church, and it was in Mount Airy, Maryland. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and mention the name of the church, and it was quite a name. Calvary Independent Baptist Church of Mount Airy, Maryland. Wow, fit that on a pin. Uh, yeah, talk about that. That was the website, Calvary Independent Baptist Church. Dot com. Like everybody's going to remember that. Wow. But anyways, yeah, it was it was difficult. But they were in a in a building that was on top of a hill, and you know it was a nice building. It was really nice. They took care of it. Other than the basement, it was kind of <laughs> musty. For my friends uh, in but Texas, but they tried a, to fix it out. For my friends in Texas, a basement is a. <laughs> floor of a building that's underground. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. Um, And it's like a cave. So here, it was a nice building. It was a nice area. But the problem is, and this is what I've always said, and it's kind of my joke, but it's a sure sign of a dead church is a graveyard in the back. Mm. Get it? Mm. Dead church and graveyard. But this church was landlocked. Everybody around it would not sell their land, and it was surrounded by a graveyard. It had a small parking lot. You couldn't extend the parking lot. You couldn't Mm. do anything because the well was back there, and then there was this, and they could not grow, period. They could not add addition to the building. Nothing could be done. So this pastor, he worked through it, 
And uh, he he brought up, hey, we're going to move the church. But not only are we going to move the church, we're going to move it 45 minutes north towards Frederick, where there are more people to reach for the gospel. Good for them. And you know what? Everybody went for it, but one person was an older person. And it's not that she didn't go for it because she was mad at him, but she didn't go for it because she just couldn't drive yeah. all the way to Frederick. Point is, he did a great job. I guarantee if you or I went to some of the old churches we were in and said, hey, you know what? We're going to move. What oh. do you think they're going to do? You know, in my church history background, there's only one I could think that would have been like, I don't know about that. Oh, the last one I was at, there's no way. <laughs> so no, the, the the problem with the good old days is the scriptures actually teach us not to do that. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's Solomon who talked about basically, and this is paraphrased Dusty Carson version, <laughs> is don't live in the past. Don't live for the good old days because you're so focused on what's behind you, you miss what's in front of you. Well, the denomination I was in would actually use verses that talk about living in the past. Really? You know, don't don't move the sacred, um, what were those called? Sacred uh, landmarks. Landmarks. Don't remove the sacred landmarks. And they would use it as King James only. Don't you move that King James. And don't you stop wearing those suits. I'm telling you, that's what they would Context do. Context is key. Yes, it is. I, I have my favorite superhero in the Bible. You ready? Mm-hmm. Captain Context. <laughs> Captain Context. Well, let me let me read some verses. I, I was thinking about this verse, and I wanted to share it with you. And talk, uh, it's about, it, those verses are talking about Hezekiah. Mm-hmm. And heard he- of him. Uh, you've heard of him? Yeah. That's good. Hezekiah is uh, affirmed in Scripture as doing what was right in the Lord's sight. That's found mm-hmm. in 2 Kings chapter 18, verse 3. But the next verse is what I want you to see, okay? And what we see is he removed the high places and broke the pillars and cut down uh, what was known as Asherah, okay? So I'm going to read the verse to you, and then I'm going to stop in the middle and ask you something and then read the rest of the verse. Mm-hmm. So before I read the rest of the verse, so the first part of the verse says that he he destroyed the high places, broke the pillars, and cut down the Ashereth. Now, before I read the rest, let's talk about what he's done so far. Okay. He removed sinful pagan idols. Mm-hmm. What would you consider to be those those sacred or not sacred? Those idols that are pagan idols that we worship today. Ooh. Before we get into the rest of the verse. I mean, I, I first thought I wanted to kind of joke around, but to be serious, I think uh, some idols are laziness. Ooh. Um, I think oh, not good. not having enough time. Mm-hmm. Um, self. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking about me personally. Other idols. I think sometimes we put our families ahead of God. Mm-hmm. I think we put a lot of things. I mean, idols, anything we put ahead of God, but that's so easy. I mean, even as a pastor, a lot of times people think, oh, well, pastors, you know, it's so easy. I think it's 10 times harder because we know the scriptures and we still have struggles. We can sit here and we you know, we can preach and preach and preach and talk and everything. But really, at the end of the day, we have to look at our own lives because I can only answer for me. And I know that I have idols in my life. And so my personal idols are... You know, sometimes it can be slothfulness, like, oh, man, I'm too tired to get up and spend that extra time with God. I'll, I'll catch you, God, at night when I come home from work. Mm. It can be, you know, giving, like, okay, God, you know, money may be tight this time, but, you know, are we going to we're gonna be faithful with our tithes? You know, and I know that sounds very unspiritual as a pastor, but I'm just keeping it real. Do I put my family ahead of God? You know, listen, I'm going to make time for things that are important for my kids. Uh, another, another idol is, am I just going through the motions? Mm-hmm. Like as pastors, we have to feel like we're on 24-7. 
you know, we get a call in the middle of the night. If we've got to, you know, preach a sermon and there's times we preach sermons and let's be real. We don't feel like preaching that day. <laughs> you know, some people are like, I don't feel like going to church. Uh, Try going to church when you don't feel like it in preaching. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the fighting of the flesh. Anything that is an idol is because of our flesh nature and we're feeding the flesh and not the spirit. Years ago, I was in North Carolina. And before, again, we'll go, come back to the verse and what I would like to say about it. Years ago, I was in North Carolina and I went to a church. Actually, it might have been Tennessee. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was in the South. And we went to this church on Sunday and the pastor got up and he started to, he was just crying. He's like, look, he goes, I, just, I can't. He goes, I can't. I can't preach today. I, I just can't. He goes, I'd rather us just sing and praise and worship God. I just can't. I can't preach today. And I, I actually walked out of there making fun of that guy. Mm. until I became a pastor. Mm. And there were days where I went to the pulpit and and I told the church sometimes, not always, but I told him, I said, look, I said, I don't know if I can do this today. Mm-hmm. And I've told God, I don't know if I can do this today, but you're going to have to do it. I'll, yeah, there's been times where I've had, I've passed on the Lord's Supper because there's something between me and God or somebody else. And there, I remember one time I was at church. You need to get right with me. Yeah. <laughs> I was at church and a deacon made me mad. I mean, really made me mad because they were they were causing controversy. They were stirring up problems. They were really so in discord in the church and it really upset me. And so him and I had a come to Jesus talk. And I'm not saying I handled it the best way, but I knew that I couldn't preach. I was teaching like I, you know, I was preaching a or teaching on a Wednesday night. So I had a buddy feeling. I said, listen, I just can't go into detail. Actually, I think I told him what happened. I said, I just can't teach right now. I said, I need you to fill in. Yeah, no problem. I'll do that. And I went and I searched that person out. I said, listen, I can't step in the pulpit. There's something between me and God or me and a person. And I put up my hand. I said, I just want to apologize and make things right. Turned his nose up at me and walked off. But you know what? For me, it's like I did my part. That's yeah. between, Listen, I can only answer for me. He can only answer for him. That's between him and Jesus. So, no, I connect with that. Like, I would respect that pastor a lot more than a fake it till you make it person because evidently there's something going on with his heart. I I want to be under, I want to serve with or be under pastors who are honest about who they are. And they don't have to feel like they have to put on the Superman cape because we're not Superman. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are flawed people. And if you look in the scripture, God uses some pretty messed up people. Mm -hmm. Pick out a name in the the scriptures and majority of them are going to have some major flaws. Moses. Yeah. Yeah. He he killed a guy. Yeah. I don't recommend that. But a lot of times we see in the scriptures is that God doesn't use perfect people. God uses people perfectly. Mm-hmm. Where they're at in a time such as this, so uh, you know, so I respect you know people like that that are they're having struggles and having issues and they're willing to flush it out. You know, ministry, the Christian walk is not easy. No, it's not. Uh, it would be easier. This is why Jesus says, "Really, you need to weigh the cost before you come and follow me." Mm-hmm. I think, especially now, um, I, I I just see some things on the horizon where it's like, oh, it's going to be harder for churches. But you know what? What do we expect? We, we've set back as a Christian nation and just kind of turn, turn, you know, turn the other way, just ignored things going on. And people have asked me, well, do you think the church, do you think not the church, do you think that America is under God's judgment? And I look at other nations in the Bible and I think, man, how will we not be when you look at all these other, you know, nations who things they've done, they haven't done one tenth of the things that we've done and that Christians have turned a blind eye to. I think it's coming. 
Yeah, I do too. And we shouldn't be surprised. And it may be a time where we have to stand up for our faith and it'll cost us something. And that's okay because this is not my home. This is a pit stop. This is a layover. And let's be honest, not even a very nice layover. You know, you're not laying over in Chicago or New York City. Your layover right now is, you know, the dumps, you know, you know, but all that to say that, you know, we we've got to be real with who we are. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I are kind of preaching right now. And this is probably the most fired up we've been over any podcast. But I think part of it is that we get upset is because, number one, we see it in our own lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also we don't want to stop anybody from coming to Jesus. Yeah. And so that's why we get fired up is because we know people have been turned off from church because of people who are elevating things that really don't matter. Yeah. Can somebody can somebody get saved? Listen, I'm going I'm to shock your world. Somebody gets saved by reading the message just yeah. as much as the King James, um, you know. And so for us, we don't want to be stumbling blocks to people. Yeah. Years ago, I was over the bus ministry and Mr. Mike, he listens to this, so I don't mind uh, talking about him. I love Mr. Mike. Hey, Mr. Mike. And, um, you know, he he knows I love him. I call him all, you know, call him and text him. We, he actually texted me yesterday. Uh, he was the one of the bus drivers, and he kind of picked up the kids, and it was a great <laughs> Kind of. I hope he picked up all of them. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let me rephrase it. He picked up the kids. You know, it's a great ministry. It's a great ministry for families, a great ministry to reach people. And he would go pick up families. Well, there was one of the deacons of the church that was in charge of making sure the buses were taken care of, Mm -hmm. that they were drivable, that they had the gas, that they, you know, everything, all the fluids were filled up. And he was of the old school mentality. And I was one day getting ready to gather all of the VBS items. We were going to do a vacation Bible school for a small church in Maryland. I was going to take some teens down. We were going to do a vacation Bible school, reach the lost as much as possible. So I'm busy. I mean, I'm distracted. Last last podcast yeah. or two podcasts ago. And um, he, meanwhile, these two are fighting it out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I've talked to him about this. I've, I've brought it up to him before. And th- they're fighting it out about how, you know, basically the, the deacon wanted, he moved the mirrors to the bus and he wanted it a specific way. The mirrors need to be in the certain direction. And Mike was like, Ooh. and Mike was right. Mr. Mike was right. He's like, but I'm driving the bus, so I want the mirrors here so that I can see and be safe and keep the kids safe. And they're arguing over this, and they walk up to me, and basically what the deacon was saying is, that's not the way I want it done. That's not the way I'm going to do it. And he's saying all this, and Mike's like, no, no, no. And so Mr. Mike comes up, and he goes, can we solve this? I go, I laughed at him. I laughed at him. I said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen yeah. someone fight over. And then I walked away. And I think right then, I, I think Mr. Mike came to me and he's like, I realized just how dumb it was. And I'm like, Mr. Mike, move the mirrors to the way that you need them to be moved. So yeah. for the safety of the children, don't listen to this guy. Yeah, he works on the buses and it's fine. It can be the mirrors can be in that direction for him when he drives. And when you drive, you can make it your way. We get in so many fights and bickers and arguments over the dumbest things. And a lot of times it's over. That's not the way we've always done it. I've joked with people before. One of my seminary classes was Baptist history. And it was a big old thick book, like 800 pages. I said, hey, let me summarize this for you. Baptist fight. Oh, gosh. And so I just I just don't have the stomach for it. You know, I, it's just like this is ridiculous. 
Yeah. Uh, you and I have been part of churches that were grown and booming, and then Satan slips in a person. Oh, yeah. It will divide the church over stuff that doesn't matter, and they'll sweep under the rug. Dumb stuff. And they'll sweep under the rug the things that do matter. Yeah. Well, here, let's go back to the verse, okay? Because this this all kind of applies to this verse. We were talking about, and I asked you, what are some of the idols, pagan idols you could see today? Now, I was leaning more towards pagan idols. Sure. Now, anything can be an idol. Anything that takes the place of God. Well, I and, think, well, can I say something that I think that are, yeah. well, uh, number one, sex. Yeah. How many, how many people, like, I expect lost people to be living together. They don't know any better. But mm-hmm. we have people who claim Christ and they're living together. Mm-hmm. Listen, you're living together. That's not that's not biblical. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, other idols, I think, are um, politics. Mm-hmm. I think we can look to politics to try to solve all our problems in life. And really, politics is man's way of trying to solve problems. It's putting a Band-Aid on a corpse. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying don't have convictions and don't go vote. I'm not saying that. I have convictions and I voted. Did it count? I don't know. They're still trying to figure that out. They take the place of God. That's when they become an idol. Mm-hmm. So money, money can become yeah. an idol. I'm sorry to say it. I know you love sports a lot. I'm, yeah. I I pay attention, but I don't I don't sit down and watch it. Yeah. But there are people that their whole life revolves around whether their team wins or not, and that oh, yeah. that pushes. And you know, they sit in church and all they're thinking about is that game that day. They're not really paying attention to church, and then they want to get out the door and get home so they can watch the game. And when when you put it in place of God, that's when you're making that idol, that, that thing an idol. Well, and I've seen people react to when their team loses. Uh, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. I'm used to losing. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, like I've seen people like lose their testimony over yeah. how, and I, I've got a story. I, uh, and, it, and it, I had to eat some humble pie, uh, but I remember I was on a church softball team. And uh, we're playing, and it was a it was a close game, and I'll never forget. Uh, there was a guy on second, I was on third, and it was a very intense game. Something I think it was a a pop fly or something, and the guy was supposed to tag up, and he didn't tag up. So I'm hollering like, "Tag up, tag up! You know, go back! Come on, this is you know elementary of baseball. Tag up on a pop fly." And he didn't do it. And he ended up getting out, and we lost the game. And I remember being pretty mad with him and you know and somebody tried to defend defend i was young in ministry i'm talking about really young and somebody was trying to defend him and i told them what i thought about how they played and i really hurt my testimony i mm. did i had to eat some humble pie i had to tell people i'm sorry but a game shouldn't determine my testimony or my happiness or my joy. And I've seen people throw remotes. I've seen people kick TVs. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about me. I'm just talking about I've seen people. Mm-hmm. You know, when we lose, like I tell my family, you know, because we, me and my boys, we love football. And what we say is this, we're like, if we win or lose, it's not going to affect our lives. I said, honestly, I said, if we lose a game, I'm bummed for literally 10 seconds. You can ask my wife. She'll be lobbying there eating or doing something or hanging out. She's like, oh, you're in a good mood. Y'all win. I'm like, no, we got killed. But I'm okay with that yeah. because that's not my happiness or my joy. But now there's all kinds of things that people, man, that's an idol that they, you know, we can pick on the Christian culture, you know, of saying church, but there's all kinds of different idols outside of the church that people yeah. bow down to. And so Hezekiah, what he had done, he destroyed the pagan idols, but that's not all he did. You ready for me to read the rest of the verse? Knock yourself out. <laughs> it says, and he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the people of Israel had made offerings to it. 
Did mm. you catch that? Mm-hmm. What did he destroy? He destroyed something, something was- from church history. Mm. Well, something that was good then became bad. So we can something can start off good and great and grand and end up being a roadblock. Mm-hmm. They were living in the past and worshiping things that Moses had done, the creation of this serpent, this story in the Old Testament, and they were worshiping this idol that became an idol. They made it an idol. Good for Hezekiah. Yeah. Just come on right out and tear it apart. He broke in pieces. He destroyed a nostalgic item from the Jewish nation. I always think about when I, you read in like uh, Kings and Chronicles, it talks about so-and-so did good in the sight of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I always want to think, what would God say at the end of my life? He did everything to please the Lord. He did mm-hmm. was right. Because there are so many kings that says what? They did evil in the sight of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so our choices have consequences. And so... Um, yeah, we have to, here's the deal though. We just have to examine our own hearts and see if there's any idols in there. He came in and he destroyed this item that the Jews worship so, so much. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but I am talking about some of these items that were untouchable in, in these churches that I was in. And, you know, I know that I brought up some things that was kind of blunt with some of the things in this podcast so far, but this, this is ridiculous. You're, you're destroying relationships and family. And, you know, my wife and I was hurt by the last church. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I, we were hurt because that what you did was not Christ-like, period. And then I stood up and preached a God straight from the word of God. I didn't even put my opinion in the Bible and they argued with me at the end. But, you know, anyways, you got to get rid of these untouchable things. Did you ever see that movie? You ever seen that movie Untouchables? Uh, Yeah, with Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. The one with Kevin Costner where he's taking down the crime boss Al Capone. And uh, you ever heard of those people? And uh, (laughs) there was so much corruption in the city that it was hard for him to take the mob boss down. Uh, There there are some untouchable things in churches that cause worship to be abstained from God and more towards the past and what people have and items and everything else. What was your favorite Kevin Costner movie? Well, well, first I would say this. I'd say you always have to put people before programs. Um, You've got to put relationship before religion. Yep. And so um, my favorite Kevin Costner movie, well, I like two uh, two of them I really do like. Everybody's going to think I'm crazy. I liked Waterworld. Really? Yeah, he can breathe on the water. He's got gills. Uh, my second one has got to be Field of Dreams. Oh, oh Dad. Build it. Dad, you want to play catch? Oh, my goodness. Listen, me and my kids, like my kids aren't into baseball, but we play catch all the time. Football. all. I have passed for over 20,000 yards in my, my fatherhood career. I, I used to watch a show, and man, I was unsaved when I watched this show. And you've probably heard of it, Married with Children. No, I've never heard of that. <laughs> Your facial expression. Love and marriage, love and marriage. Go, go together, together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you. Yeah. So one of my favorite episodes was he was on the phone. He was trying to get something taken care of. I don't remember what it was. Who's but, he? Uh, I don't know the character's name. <laughs> I can't remember his name either. Why, why can't I think of his name? You know his name. What is it? I don't know his name. The dad, Al Bundy. Yeah, that's it. Uh, So he's sitting there and he's trying, he's on the phone. And of course it's the old timey phones where, you know, rotary. No, no, it was a cord phone. Cord phone is for the record. I haven't seen an episode probably 25 years. Yeah. It's been a long time. 
but what, but I never forgot this episode. So, cause I remember the movie filled with dreams. Mm, okay. So, a good movie. so it was a good movie. So he's sitting there on the, on the phone he's talking and all these things. And, and it, you know, he's going through, it's like, you know, if, you know, if you want to talk to a sub and so press oh. one and he's just going on and on. And finally he gets a person. And he's like, oh, I need this. And so he's like, oh, hold on. I'll, I'll go get it. I'll be right back. Don't hang up. I'll be right back. So he runs out. And the, the whole episode nope. is on the phone. Yeah. So he runs up the stairs to get whatever item he needs to get for this guy on the phone. And his daughter, who's the ditz, yeah. you know, she comes up. And Kelly. She, Kelly. She comes up and she's like, dad always said save electricity. And then oh. hangs up the phone. So he's oh. upset. I yeah. mean, he's upset. The whole episode he's trying to get through and oh. talk to someone so they see him and he's in the basement he's just he's just got his head down he's got his hand on his head and he's just sitting there shaking his head and he hears this voice and it goes if you build it they <laughs> will come and he looks up and he hears if you want them to build it for you press one <laughs> <laughs> that's funny Oh gosh, what does that have to do with anything that we were talking about? But I don't know. I don't know. Untouchable. Okay, untouchable. we were talking about untouchable, and there are items in churches that are untouchable, and that is wrong. It is wrong. I, I mean, I, I'm so glad that your family it was was a, a great family that did a lot of great things in the church. But uh, let's praise God. Let's not let's not praise the families. Let's praise what God did in those families or for those families. Well, at, at Braveheart, we focus obviously more on the future. We actually this Sunday we're celebrating our second birthday. Congratulations! So, thank you, thank you. Now it's time for the terrible twos. Um, no, we turned, no, we turned two. Um, but we've always focused on the better days are ahead. The better days are ahead. The yeah. better days are ahead because they are. Yes. Um, yeah. God uses previous generations, but let's be honest, He still uses this one. And so, yeah, we're in a time of history where it's kind of different, but that's okay. God still works. God still has a plan. God is going to do something great. But if I'm not looking for it, I won't be a part of it. I'll miss it. Well, you know, God doesn't care about the past, but mm-hmm. he wants, he's more concerned about the future mm-hmm. and tomorrow. Uh, you know, I, I use this verse. I don't remember where I used this verse where I was talking to you about uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29. Was I talking to you the, about that? Is that the mysteries of God or the mysteries yeah, of God? The secret things belong oh, yeah. to the Lord, our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us. So the future is the secret, but he's, he wants us to trust him. He wants us to move towards the secret, uh, the secret things and just trust him mm-hmm. for the future uh, where there is no vision. The people perish. Yep. Okay. We got to have a vision for the future. And a lot of these churches that are stuck in, the, the that's not the way we've always done it. That's not the, the songs that we have always sung. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the clothes that we have always worn. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's you're, you're, when you're stuck there, there's very slow future movement. Yeah. I mean, so this Sunday, um, I know that you, you guys are going to come celebrate with us. Yeah, we'll be uh, there. And so, but one of it is talking about a couple of things, who we are, we are going to talk a little bit about where we've been because we're less than, you know, two years old. But then, you know, what we really want to harp on is, you know, where we're going. You know, what is the vision that God's given us? What do we want to accomplish in this next year? Um, how are we going to get there? Um, so, yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, here's the past. But guess what it is? It's the past. We want to focus on what drives us to the church. Who are we? What is our vision? What do we want to accomplish? Now, how are we going to get there? 
And so I, I think that it's a balance, but I would say this focus more on the future than the past. I mean, think about this as a, when somebody comes to you as new in Christ, do you focus more on their past? Well, that's been forgiven. Or do you focus more on the future? Mm-hmm. Well, then why do we take that mindset and apply it to so many other different things? I feel like um, there's nothing worse than a church that is hundreds of years old and it's dead. It's all get out. Yeah. Just because there's people there doesn't mean it's alive. That's right. That's right. Well, the, you good? I am good. I'm good. I think we should close this out. I'm hungry. Let's 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 actually go eat some sacred cows. Let's eat some sacred cows today. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Let us as Christians make big juicy steaks from the sacred cows and uh, have some leftovers. What do you think about that? Mm, Sounds good. (laughs) So let's conclude with this. As we conclude here, let's remind you that we have an email address, and that is twopastorsandapodcast at gmail.com. That's two pastors. That's a number two pastors and a podcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. We would like to know that you're listening. We'd like to know uh, if you're enjoying it. And we want we want this to be a blessing to you. We want, we want you to laugh. We want you to learn something. We want you to grow. We want you to have a better walk with Christ. Yeah, and we'd love to hear where you're listening from. So give us a shout out. We're talking to you to Argentina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We do have some viewers in Singapore and Argentina and a couple other different places. And I did mention the last time that we were, uh, you know, I kind of mentioned it on Facebook. So I want to mention it here. So we want to hear from you. We want to. We want to know what you've enjoyed. What was the funniest parts? You know, things that you've uh, gotten out of it. Maybe you've grown in some way. We want to hear from you, and we do enjoy hearing that. And it's not to praise ourselves, but it's to praise God because we want people to enjoy life, Christian. Christianity is hard, and we need some joy in our lives. And the last time uh, before we came up with this episode, I asked, you know, what was one of your favorite parts of the episode? The question time, it says, what has been your favorite part of any episode? And let us know for a possible shout out on the podcast. Now, I'm going to do that again because we only had a couple people that responded, uh, and maybe that's only because two of them listen. <laughs> But uh, I, we had uh, one of them here, Jess, said, better than therapy. Okay, so I thought that one was girl. It was very good. And Why did I say girl? I thought that one was very good. And then Sonia said, squirrels, <laughs> and the message about loneliness. So we're very glad that people are listening and getting something out of it. And we want to hear from you, and uh, we want to know that you are paying attention, that you're getting something, and, you're, and God's using it in your life. That sounds good. You're done? I am good. All right. Well, let's go cook some cows. All right. We'll see you guys later. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us today on Two Pastors and a Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you have any prayer requests, need someone to talk to, or just to make fun of us, hey, listen, our wives do that already, our email address is two, yes, the number two, two pastors and podcasts at gmail.com. You can also reach us at Facebook at two, yes, that is the number two, at two pastors and a podcast. We can also be found on the interweb at www.renewingthecall.com backslash two pastors and a podcast. And that's T-W-O pastors and a podcast. I hope you have an amazing few weeks. Tune in in a couple weeks as we tackle another topic that we probably haven't even figured out yet. (laughs) Well, as you can tell, we're winging this. So in conclusion, remember, this is truly cheaper than therapy.